0: Got a few dad jokes for you. Who's ready for that? Come on. I don't normally start off like this. I'm pretty fired up at it. I'm not going to lie. I asked my dog what two minus two is. He said nothing. (laughs) You get it? Oh, man. Did you hear the rumor about the butter? I'm not going to spread it. You get it? Oh, man. How does a taco say grace? Let us pray. Uh, what do you, how do you make a tissue dance? Anyone? Oh, you guys heard that one. Man, that was a good one. Put a boogie in it. All right. Uh, what do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef, right? And here's my favorite from Robin Williams back in the day. He said this, ask me if I'm a taco. No. I love it. It's like, like my all time favorite. No? Why am I, why am I talking? About? Anyways, hey man. Uh, just want to say thank you to all the men uh, that uh, that are, become a symbol of, of Christ to the next generation. I'm pretty excited. Uh, one of the things that I, I think uh, I love most about our church is what God's doing in our young people. And it's been neat to see God moving uh, through the years. Just this week, uh, on Friday, we had the privilege of picking up uh, our son, our 12-year-old son, from youth camp. Whoop, whoop! So thanks to Harley and Shaza and Ryan and all the youth leaders and Caleb. and Man, we had 40 kids that went to youth camp this week. Many of them got filled with the Holy Spirit. Many of them got baptized. Many of them made new commitments to Christ. But it was awesome, man, to see them kids. that did, They didn't sleep in like a week, and they were <laughs> fired up, man. And it was really cool to see what God was doing in their life. But I think it's super important, uh, the, the model that we are for Christ. I believe with all my heart that uh, one of the most difficult things uh, for any man to do is to model the Father. But so much of what Christ see in, in their dad or what kids see in their dad is, is the image that's projected of the Father onto us. And so well, I want you to know that I, I was raised with a huge deficiency within my home uh, for, for uh, not seeing and not knowing and not understanding what Christ was. I learned Christ in the church. I learned who the Father is uh, through many men of God that were in my life. And so shout out to, to Patsy Polis, uh, shout out to, to Ted Spinardi, Shout out to, to Jimmy Kuen. Uh, I mean, many of these guys taught me how to love. They taught me what grace was. They taught me how to be relational. They taught me how to be transparent and vulnerable. They taught me how to steward my money and how to discipline their kids. Uh, I learned what a healthy man looks like right here. Uh, And I'm so thankful because I still have many deficiencies in my life. And so I'm thankful for the men that are in our church that have modeled Christ to my children. And I'm thankful for for, for Scott. I'm thankful for, for Billy Sheehan. And I'm thankful for Chris Walker. And I'm thankful for the men that have taken my kids and done for them what I simply will never be able to teach you, son. I'm sorry, Uh, but I want you to know that while I love Christ with all of my heart, there are some things that I just can't be or do. There are holes, and while I think that Father's Day is a sore subject for many because they saw a lack, I want you to understand that this this is kind of normal. We're trying to look like that. You know what I mean? He's everything great, everything we long. He is wisdom. He is power. He is love. He is faithful. And uh, while we will only understand this in measure and become this in measure, uh, we will constantly point up to him. Today, I want to point you to the word and start off. um, Whether you are a son, uh, whether you have dad issues in your life currently, whether you are a father or wish to be, We want to dedicate this beer to all of you today. Amen. I have a verse for you. Would you all stand to your feet for me, real quick? We're gonna tune to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Just one verse for you. I hope this lands on all of you. I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters says the lord almighty christ jesus help help amen y'all can have a seat Whew. we have all been adopted um whether you realize it or not and now learning what the fa- who the, the father is should be our highest priority um we have some of us have grown up in some broken scenarios where we have saw a miscalculated understanding of, 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 of what authority is supposed to look like, and I'm sorry for that, but regardless of what you saw, that doesn't define who he is, but I believe it was Jesus' mission on this planet to define to us the love of the Father. And please understand, there are many sermons that I could speak on and I have spoken on. There is no message that has changed my life more than this message, understanding that the only thing that Jesus ever called the father or ever called God was father transformed my life because I had realized that I had a broken understanding. I, I, I thought God was hateful. I thought God was rejection. I thought I had to earn God's love. I thought that God uh, uh, couldn't provide for me. I had a lot of misunderstandings of who the father was and today I want to set it straight. While we may have great leaders in the church that model what a man is supposed to be, there is only one true model. And Christ is trying to project that to us. Can I help you real quick? There's a story I want to read to you that I think is just most lovely. And if you hear nothing else, I hope you hear this. Jesus is about to be baptized. And he approaches John the Baptist in, John chapter, in Matthew chapter 3. And it says this in verse 13, Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs you to be baptized by you. He said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize Jesus. And after Jesus' baptism, Jesus came up out of the water And the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said this, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. This is my dearly beloved son who brings me great joy. I think I can just stop here if you would just meditate on this thought for a while in your life. I um, don't know what you think the Father thinks about you. Uh, Last week we read that his, how great are his thoughts towards you. He couldn't even count them if he tried. I, I know that there is some understandings that we have in Christianity that God loves us. But man, I wish I could wipe that away and help you understand that God loves you. Because it's one thing to hear it and and have heard it. It's another thing to know it. To know that the the Father loves you is something that we need to understand. And I I wonder if this mindset is truly what made Jesus great. I wonder if we knew that we knew that we knew that we knew in our life that that our Father loved us. How much confidence that would give us to walk in so many arenas that we feel insecurity or limitation in. Guys, just for a few minutes, think about this. The Father is speaking out loud audibly over everyone that is at the Jordan River. There's only a few occasions in the entire Bible where the audible Father's voice is projected. And I think it's really unique that in this scenario, the Lord could have said anything over Jesus. And what he decided to say is, hey guys, this one right here is mine. And he brings me joy. Other translations would say, he, he, uh, uh, the father has, uh, this is my dearly beloved son uh, in whom I'm well pleased But he doesn't say who's going to go and fulfill my my assignment. He doesn't say the one who's going to go out and do everything that I'm asking him. He doesn't say he's really great at everything. He just says, this is my son. He brings me joy. And I just want you to know that like, you don't have to do anything. God just loves you. It's like a little baby. These things, they're so good at nothing. Yet, for something about them, like they're—they got the ugly face and they're crying, but you love to just show them off to people. Oh, isn't they? You know, Are they cute? They're, they're probably not. They're, for the most part, babies aren't that cute, you know. What I mean? But like, they're pure, and they're beautiful, and they're messy and poopy and smelly and crying and whiny and hungry and sleepy and tired. And but they bring us such joy. All of us. You just ever hold any baby. You don't even got to be your cousin's, nephew's, sister's, brother's baby. You just hold a baby for a moment, you'll know, wow, this is special. And the father's saying, This is my son who brings me great joy. I just want to say that for a moment over you. Can you imagine how wonderful, how much easier life would be if we knew that somebody was proud of us for having done nothing? And I, I just want you to know, I don't know what deficiency you grew up in, but I think Jesus is trying to teach us here in Scripture. He would say this, as the Father has loved me, so I love you. You hear that? So because he's pleased with me, I'm pleased with you. You ain't got to do nothing, and I love you. I want you to know that. I think Jesus is trying to, in his ministry, in his 33 years on this earth, in the three years that he actually did ministry, I think he was trying to teach us who the Father is. And I have had to spend a lifetime to unlearn some things so I can learn what love is. I saw a YouTube video uh, on, on, on the World Wide Web one time. It really got to me. I thought about showing it, and it was just too long. But it had all these kids um, had this coach, and he said, "I'm going to give $100 to whoever wins this race." And they were all different kinds of kids, and he had them all stand on the sideline. And he says, "All right, now here's what we're going to do." And all these kids are like stretching. They're like, "I got this in the bag." And he says, "Hey, if you before we run, if you, both of your parents are still in the same hole, step forward three steps." If 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 you're if you grew up with a dad in the home, I want you to take another couple steps forward. And what I realized in this video, he's having these kids. Some of these kids are halfway down the field before the race starts. And he just says, there's such an advantage in life to having men in your life. And I'm so thankful for the church, aren't you? I'm so thankful that we can have men of God. And so men, I really am proud to know that some of you guys have been in my children's life and have been in my life and have taught me what Christ looks like. It's hard sometimes to model this thing called Jesus. I just wonder how far I would have ever gotten had it not been for Patsy or the other men that have been in my life that would correct me and teach me what is right and what is true rather than when I was scared and afraid and insecure. Because we have these moments, if we're honest, in life. What is real love? Well, when, Jesus, when the Father spoke over Jesus, it wasn't the only time. In fact, what I love and I think is significant is the Father could have spoken every day over Jesus anytime He wanted, but right before Jesus was about to go to the cross, it happened again. Let me take you there just real quick in Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. Dude, this is so powerful. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. And as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. And suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Hold on. Let me just set the, uh, what, what's happening. Jesus is terrified because he's about to do something that's a little difficult for him. It's going to push him to his limit, kind of. I'm exaggerating. And what's happening is God is, the Holy Spirit has come upon him in a powerful way that his whole body is actually changing in front of the disciples. Pretty powerful. And his face is like the sun, and his garments are changing. And then there's two men of God throughout pillars of history, Moses and Elijah, show up and start ministering to Jesus. Really rad. And if that wasn't enough, the heavens open up, and an audible voice speaks over Jesus, and he says, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Oh, man, I love it. And it would say, the disciples are like, Hey, should we, uh, should we go make memorials for, for, for these other guys that you were with? And they fell down on their face, and Jesus told them to get up. And when, when, when they looked again, it was only Jesus there. I, I, think, I wonder how special that was to Jesus to hear This is my son, and he brings me great joy. Friend, I want you to know that the Father claims you. It's so wonderful that we all are adopted. I don't know if you're aware of this, but let me make this kind of clear to you. We're an American Christianity, a little bit different than than the way it was designed. Uh, We're not Jewish, and so we weren't born into the family of God. We were adopted, And grafted in. He picked you. He picked me. And the reality that he said he wants me is awesome. This mentality has changed my life and showed me what a true father is supposed to be. Rather than just learning on my own, my own instincts and my own opinion and my own reflexes and my own attitude and my own whatever, I now have a model of what the Father is supposed to look like. And I wanted to just really quick take a few minutes and tell you some of the things that I see Jesus during his ministry say that the Father is like. Can we do this together? So, but I pray that in your life, if you're a dude especially, there are people in your life that you look at and say, I'm proud of you. You make me happy just being you. That's something men should do. The first thing that I learned that Jesus taught me that a man does is one, is he's good at relationship. What do you mean by that? Well, let me show you. In John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus said this, I and the father are one. Man, that means so much to me. It means so much to me that Jesus said that he had closeness with his father. Meaning they had a great relationship. It's one of the values of our church. We wanna be relational people. Some of the things that I hate that, that America has projected onto manhood, it started, I remember as a kid, the Wonder Years. And then it was like Al Bundy, this like dad who is like distant, plugged into the television, and non relational. That's not what a man is. A man claims his child lives with him and teaches him the little that he knows. And I, I say little because you're not as impressive as you think, you know? <laughs> and so the, the whole model for Jesus' version of Christianity, um, I didn't mean it like that, the whole model that Jesus is trying to teach is that his children would go on to do greater things than him. We want the same thing as parents. So don't think of yourself as like this intellectual guru, like put yourself down and just show them what you can. One, I and the father are one. I love that Jesus knew how the father felt and his thoughts and his feelings, and they had relationship. So I don't know where you are in your relationship with your kids, but we have a responsibility to be present in their life. Two, uh, and that's that's not an easy thing. Let me tell you, because when they get old enough, they don't want to have friend. They don't want to be your friend. So, so pay them, buy them, do whatever you got to do. <laughs> Go hang out with your kids. You know, do what they like. Two. Uh, Jesus taught us that the father was a great teacher. I love this. Watch this. So Jesus explained, "I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing." by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, so the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. I love this passage because Jesus is implying that the things that he's learned how to do, he only knew how to do because his father showed him. I just think of all the things that my kid can't do because I'm his dad. And so I'm so thankful for people uh, like Scott and and Billy and Chris that have taught my son how to like fix things. It's really (laughs) embarrassed. Someone came over the house the other day that was going to help me fix something. And they said, Hey, do you have this tool? And I said, No, my 12-year-old son does, you know what I mean? Like, it was really embarrassing. Uh, But there's some things I'm not good at. But there are things that I know how to do. I want to input that into my children. We want to raise up great leaders. We want to raise up great leaders. I'm thankful for the 40 kids we sent to camp to go get filled with the Holy Ghost and to come back on fire and love with their friends and want to reach a dying world. We want to be intentional in their lives. And the, Jesus said that his father taught him everything he knows. Everything I know how to do, I saw my father do it. What that means is there's some things that you do great. Teach them how to do it great. Show them. Spend enough time to care, and ask them what they want to learn, and then go study it somehow. Figure out how to do it. But be a teacher, and that's hard because first you have to be relational in order to be a teacher. You got to earn that space, Jack. Second, the third thing is: is this good so far? These are things I didn't know. I got to be honest. I thought that just does whatever he wants to do, and that's not accurate. Don't let your kids raise themselves. Because they'll follow whoever the greatest leader is at school, and that's not going to be healthy. You got to lead, Jack. Number three, great work ethic. Oh my heavens, I couldn't even, live. I learned this one this week, y'all. This is going to be good. I didn't know this one was in scripture until the Lord showed me. John chapter 5, verse 17. He's already got it up there. All right, here we go. But Jesus replied, my father is always working, and so am I. I must let that sit there for a second. Uh, I, there's a scripture in the New Testament that said, any dad that doesn't, Provide for his own is worse than an infidel. I I think it's important that dads don't exist to get to the couch. I don't want that to be their image of me. I would love to know that in 40 years from now, my kids said, Man, my dad had great work ethic. My dad worked hard. That's important because the father is always working. And He's working in my life right now and he's working in yours. And what I know is that my kids will never see all the time that I spend pouring into other people's lives, but they will one day when they get older and they'll look back and go, oh my gosh, they did have a lot of things that they did all the time. Great work ethic. I want them to know that the father's working on, in ways right now in my, that they, they have no, I have no idea the things that God is doing today for me. You know that in your life right now, he is ministering to someone and to someone else so that that person will minister to the person that's going to minister to you in a couple of weeks. He's setting you up for blessing. He's always working. How do I know? Because I ain't cried out to him yet that he didn't listen. The door, Father's door is always open as far as I know. Jesus has got, he said the Father's got great work ethic, and so do I. And as the Father loved me, so do I love you. And if if the Father loved me that way, I'm going to love my kids that way. I'm going to love your kids that way. We ain't lazy. Amen? Can I get an amen, men? All right. Amen, men? (laughs) I just, all right. Yep. Dad's beer. It's root beer for those that are at home. Number five, I think that this one's crucial and this one really um, hit home for me a lot and it, it, it ministered to a lot of insecurities that I have, but I, 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 I believe this, that, um, oh, number four, I'm sorry, number four, I'm just kidding, <laughs> he's generous, he is generous, he is generous, listen to this, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those that ask of him? I, and this is the passage where Jesus is saying, if you ask for a rock, I wouldn't give you a loaf of bread. You know, like if, if you ask, I'll, I'll provide. I think that that's huge. And I want to make sure that my, I, I, I don't know where it was or, or how it got in my mindset, but I always thought that I couldn't ask. And I just want you to know, you can ask the father. He's big enough. His pockets are deep enough. He can give you what you need. And he's not afraid of you to ask. If you're not supposed to have it, he knows. But you can ask it, And he said, if you ask me, I'll give it to you. And I'll give you good things. Good things. Good things. The Father's generous. I love it. Uh, My wife says that I'm the yes person in my family. And I like to be the one that the kids go to when they want ice cream. Because the Father gives good gifts. You know what I mean? The answers of the Lord are yes and Amen. Yeah, let's get some ice cream, kids. Come on. The kids always know. D- Dad will say, Yeah, he gives good, he's generous. Number five. Uh, this, this is the one I was trying to say that, that ministered to me a lot. He, he always keeps his word. Man, I, I, I'm telling you right now, if I said it, I will do it. Because I want my kids to know that, that the father keeps his promise. I'm not a promise breaker. The answers of the Lord are yes and amen. And the word of the Lord will never return back to him void. If he said it, he will do it. And that is important that we aren't people that are just lazy with our words. If we commit to something, we should do it. And I think that our generation struggles with this kind of thing, with work ethic. And when we, we quit when things get hard, and we no, no, no. When I told my wife, that I will be with you until I am not alive anymore, I meant it. And sometimes that's hard, but I'm not walking out on this commitment. Does that make sense? Because I I made a promise, and I'm going to keep that promise. And if I told my kids I'll be there at that time, then you can be sure I'm going to do it. And it's also said that when I tell my kids that I made a promise to someone else, I'm going to fulfill that promise. And I think it's important that we fulfill the promises that we said that we were going to do. Does that make sense? They're watching, and they're learning, and they're learning who God is by watching you. This is the Father, heart of God, and Jesus lived to make sure that he he set a tone so that we would understand. I didn't even read the verse, did I? (laughs) I also tell you this, that if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything that you ask, my Father will do it for you. Did you hear that? If you if you if you if you ask, my father will do it. If you ask, my father will do it. That just fills me with faith, and boldness, and power, man. And here's here's the last, Deb. Would you would you come? Are you still here? Yeah, 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 Deb. Will you play on the keys? Uh, here here are the last couple of things that I want you to know that I, I think Jesus wanted us to see and understand on on His ministry here on earth. Is sacrificial love. He he told a story about some lost sheep, in Matthew chapter eighteen, and he said that if if I had a my father had a hundred sheep and one got away, I would abandon the ninety nine to go find the one. And he said in the same way, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should ever perish. And that just tells me that he's a defender. He's a protector. I love that side of him. He wasn't weak. He wasn't scared. He wasn't intimidated. But if if one of us got lost, he was coming for us. It makes me think of like Liam Neeson in like that movie. Uh, what's that one called? Taken, man. Come on, man. If it, He's not willing that any one of his little ones should ever perish. Something happens. Dad's coming for me. Dad's coming for me. Man, we ain't weak. We got beards and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have an everlasting life. I don't know what your view of the father is, but his son stood up one day and wanted you all to know one thing. Let me tell you how much God loves you, how much God loves the world. He loves you so much, he's asking me to give up my life so that you could come home to him forever. Hey, church, This is how much God loves you. God loves you. The Father loves you. The Father loves you. The Father loves you. And in fact, he's pleased with you. And so I take off any of the feelings or insecurities or doubts that you may have felt or you felt abandoned or rejected or not not worthy of of generosity or not worthy. Like, Like, he loves you. And he is passionate and strong about his love for you. There's nothing he wouldn't give to get to you. He'd lay his own life down to come find you. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I love you. I want you to know today that the Lord loves you. And the most important part of this service is that you would know he wants to be your father and he wants you to be his sons and daughters some of you may have to unlearn some things but he's calling you into his family he's adopting you but he's not going to make you join his family he's not going to make you he's calling and if you want to be adopted by the father if you want to be loved by him And Jesus said he loves you so much, he's so relational that he'll, he'll give you the Holy Spirit that'll be with you always and teach you all things and provide for you and give and learn. Like, he wants to give you the spirit that would let you know that you've been adopted. Right here, right now.